You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanaya and Priya. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Girls on the Grid podcast. Hope you've all had a fantastic weekend. We have a really awesome guest today, and I'm really looking forward to getting into this chat. So we will get into it pretty quickly, but stick around to the end of the episode because I do also catch up with previous guest, Courtney Prince, and we had a little chat about some pretty exciting news that she shared this week. But we'll get straight into this week's guest. Uh, I caught up with Rihanna O'Meara Hunt, who is a New Zealand racing car driver, and she's actually about to go over to the US to do some racing over there, which is really exciting. And of course, we talk all about that in the chat. So this is Girls on the Grid episode 45 with Rihanna O'Meara Hunt. Rihanna, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to the Girls on the Grid podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So we've got a lot to talk about today. You've got some really exciting things coming up, which we'll get into in just a moment. But like all the episodes of this podcast, we like to talk about everything from the very start. So you've been involved in motorsport since you were eight uh, when you started in karts, uh, which you had a pretty successful run in. So can you tell us a bit about your karting career and how that led you to where you are now? Yeah, sure. I, uh, yeah, as you said, started karting when I was eight. I actually did it through because uh, my dad raced cars when I was younger. So um, he brought me up to the local track in Wellington and, yeah, there was a go-kart on sale that day and I had to go at lunchtime and it was pretty much sold by the end of the day. <laughs> um, and it kind of never really stopped from there. We, as a family, travelled around New Zealand um, for the first half of my racing career just doing kind of like little meets here and there um and I got some help through a driver trainer called Ari Hutton and that's kind of where my karting career uh took off a little bit we ended up traveling to Australia um and racing there for four years where in my second year created history for women in in karts over Australia and New Zealand being the first woman to win a state title at a Rotex Max um, Pro Tour. So, you know, it was it was a really cool experience. Being 16 at the time, I didn't really understand kind of what I had accomplished, but looking back on it now, it, it's pretty cool. And then um, in 2019, one of my other highlights, I went over to Italy and represented New Zealand in the Rock World Finals. I came sixth over there again. 30 other drivers um, and it was such a cool experience just the racing over there was was so much different to to anything I'd experienced before um, and I've won a couple of a couple of New Zealand titles um, over the years but yeah it's kind of kind of my highlights and and kind of led to getting an offer to race cars in early 2022. That's amazing and as you said before, racing is it's a real family thing for you um, and having your parents involved. So how has it been over the years just having your family there supporting you along the way? Yeah, obviously it's been really nice. It's, it's been a way that we stayed really close. I'm an only child, so uh, we're pretty close anyway, but this kind of made our bond even tighter. Uh, we spent pretty much every weekend 
together, traveling, traveling the world, traveling the country. Uh, now that I'm in cars, they're a little bit more separated just because I'm in big teams and, and you've got to be working closely with the people that are, are running, running the program. But they still come to every race meet and, and are there on the sideline, which is nice. Yeah, that's good. And it's definitely something that you have to make a lot of sacrifices for as well, especially if you want to make it big. So that's, yeah, that's really cool that they've done that. And you mentioned that uh, you raced in Australia in karting, which I didn't actually know. Um, did you, were you over here permanently or was it just kind of a back and forth thing between Australia and New Zealand? No, I traveled for three or four years juggling school as well so I would fly home on a Sunday night land at 3am and then go to school at 7am so it was a lot to juggle but it it was my passion and I really loved doing it so you know you you put in the hard work when you're at school so you can go race yeah yeah so how did you go at school did did you finish it or did racing kind of eventually take over or uh I did my last year online because I was just away from school um but no I did get all my uh my grades and I've got like UE entrance which we call over in New Zealand so if something doesn't come of racing I've I've got a backup which which helps me kind of take the pressure off off what I'm doing now um but yeah this is obviously my dream and and what I want to do for my life so now I'm fully focused on on this Mm -hmm. now it's definitely the type of thing where you need a backup because it it really is just such a hard game isn't it yeah but uh so what what is that what are you wanting to get into if if racing doesn't work out yeah so I uh did my studies for personal training so I'm a qualified personal trainer um and if like kind of like the basic qualifications at the moment but if racing were to not work out I would kind of get to the next level there and and start my own um, personal training business I train a lot for racing obviously um you've got to be pretty fit so uh just a natural love for something is another way just to enjoy yeah for sure and then I guess you could also kind of implement that into racing as well yeah definitely definitely it's a good way to but yeah and so you're involved with the heart of racing academy as well so how did uh could you tell us a bit about your involvement with them and how it all came about yeah so they came to New Zealand during COVID um they raced in the endurance series that we had here with Darren Kelly and Alex Ribeiros at the end of that program um Gabe Newell who runs the heart of racing is uh contacted at their team that they ran through for the endurance series and said, I want to buy four 86s and have an academy pretty much. So go find some drivers that you think would be best suited. Um, And then International Motorsport rung me up uh, and asked for me to come into a meeting and they proposed what the idea was and what they wanted to achieve out of it. Um, And three drivers got selected, me, Chelsea and Hugo, and that was my first ever year in cars. <laughs> um, it was a lot to kind of take in. I was running under the best, one of the best teams in New Zealand for my for my first um, ever time in cars. They taught me a lot, um, but unfortunately with COVID, we couldn't prepare as best as possible because um, we got shut down for six months. So it meant I went into my first ever race meeting being round one 
um, and only being in the car once. So the year was all about learning and just progressing over the year. Um, I worked closely with my engineer, Tim White, and he was very patient with me and taught me instead of kind of just expecting me to know what to do, which really helped. Um, and yeah, no, it was, it was a good first year, but it was a hard first year as well. Like, what is that like going from a cart into a race car? I found the difference a lot more than I thought I would. Um, just having so much more weight in a car than a go-kart, obviously the weight sits up higher in a car and you've got that roll feeling as you're kind of turning into a corner. And for a while I confused that roll with a slide and would back out. Um, but as Tim kind of explained to me through physics and, and all of that, uh, it kind of started to make sense why this was happening and something I could wrap my head around. Uh, so it was, yeah, as I said, it was, it was a lot of learning for the year through what a car can do and, and data and video, um, but it definitely helped to accelerate me forward um, to get this GT drive. Yeah, for sure. So uh, did you go from a go-kart into a Toyota 86? Yeah. yeah. I love 86s. They're so fun to watch and obviously like a very good category for drivers to gain experience in as a whole. Um, what were some of the highlights for you being in that series? The series was so competitive. We were all so close in time. So I was turning up to all the weekends, learning the track on the Friday of the Saturday, Sunday race. Um, and I could quickly get within about a second of the top boys and just getting, you know, kind of to that five tenth mark was, was hard, but um, I, could, I could most of the time get there. Um, but just learning racecraft, I was racing against Simon Evans, you know, learning racecraft and, and talking to him, learning so much from him, um, seeing the top guys race real hard, uh, and kind of just learning so much through my teammates. We all, I had six teammates, um, that year and we all would go through data and video together and kind of give each other feedback and, and really created that that bond and that trust, which was really cool. Yeah, amazing. And so back to the uh, Heart of Racing Academy, they had their f female scholarship at the end of last year. Yeah. So that was with one hundred applicants, and you were one of you were one of the nine selected yeah. in the entire world. Mm -hmm. So that's that's amazing. So. What does that involve? What's happening now? Yeah, so I had my end-of-year debrief with the team manager from the Harder Racing um, after my 86th season, and he invited me to apply for the shootout at the end of the year that they were um, thinking of having. So we had to all pretty much write a big application process, um, send in a video and, and explain why we should be picked for their shootout. Um, and yeah, you got the news maybe a couple of weeks after I I applied that I got in and who else was was going to be there. And it was cool to have um, Chelsea Herbert alongside of me as well. She got selected to go to New Zealand. Um, so it was nice to have someone that I already knew kind of going over. But we all got sent a, a, like a 
pre-invitation thing explaining on what all these girls had achieved in their motorsport career and being fresh of being my first year in cars, looking at all these girls' um, applications was pretty intimidating. <laughs> they were all so lovely. We all got on along so well. Um, we got flown out to Phoenix two days before the test started. So Chelsea and I had the longest travel days, so they flew us out two days prior so we could kind of acclimatise to the time difference. And, and for me, it was my first ever time to America, so it was a pretty uh, – cool experience a bit scary by myself you know you're traveling by yourself my parents didn't come with me um and we actually went to the nascar the day before and that was a big culture shock <laughs> so different um, american motorsport it's just a completely different world isn't it yeah 100 um, <laughs> percent and then the night before the first test day we all had like a team introductory dinner so we met all the team mechanics and the team drivers and team bosses um and obviously all met all the girls as well um but it was it was really nice it was really a relaxed way to meet everybody and kind of start off the relationship and we got the first test day and it was kind of just about familiarizing ourselves with the with the new car with the new track and the new people around us um the day one wasn't really what they were looking for or judging us. They kind of put the pressure off day one, just let us do our own thing. Um, we did some media training and some media, like, uh, what would you call it, like mock interviews that day um, as well, just so they could kind of, you know, see where we were at with speaking and, and doing interviews. Um, but we had four 30-minute sessions that day on track. So the first two we were kind of just figuring it out ourselves. We weren't allowed to look at data or video or anything. And then after session three, we could go with um, either Alex, Roman or um, Gray to look at data and video with them and get their feedback. Uh, and that's kind of where I made my, my most progression because working so closely with Tim, we worked a lot on data and that's kind of how I best reacted to uh, feedback or what I needed to do better. So once I had some data, I was kind of pretty quickly on the pace, um, just needing to change a couple things. Uh, but I picked up the track really well, um, which I was happy about, because going to a new track is always always kind of daunting, you know. Um, but it was be at. So yeah, after that day, we had day two, and that was kind of where you know the atmosphere changed and and everybody was a little bit more tense that day and you know kind of game face was on um and we had one quali sim in the morning so it was a 20 minute session on greens it was all our first times on greens on the car um and pretty much it was just pushing as hard as you could get your fastest time out um and then we had lunch in between we had our interview with the team manager. It was all filmed on camera. Um, he was asking us about our experience and how we've been finding it and kind of a little bit more about ourselves. Um, and that's always a little bit intimidating, you know, talking to team boss, you know. <laughs> um, but they were lovely. So it made it a lot easier. And then after that, we went and did two race simulations. So... They were 25 minute each and it was up to us how we best strategized doing this. So kind of what they were marking us on was our strategy, 
the quickest time, obviously, and how consistent we could be lap by lap. So if you had three tenths from your fastest lap to your slowest lap over the 25 minutes, or if you had a second. Um, and really thinking about, uh, you know, race sim one is, is if you're the first driver out, so you're trying to save as much tyre as possible so you, your second driver can go and push and really get those positions in the next, in the next race sim um, if you were in a race scenario. So, yeah, for me, sim one was all about getting to a fast time and then knowing that I could stay within three tenths um, but not over-exerting the tyres and having nothing left for our next race sim and later in the afternoon. And I think I did well with managing that because when I got to race sim two, I had so much tyre left that I could push the whole time. It was kind of like a qualifying um, simulation. So I was really pleased with how I went. And, yeah, the team were as well. So, yeah. It sounds so intense, but... What a what a cool experience. That's really cool. And you've obviously got a very, very exciting few months ahead for the GT4 championship over in the US. So congratulations on achieving that. That's that's awesome. Um, and how excited are you to be going over there? And uh, you're racing in the Aston Martin Vantage. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds sick. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. Uh, when I got the call, so we kind of, we didn't find out for about two weeks after the test. So we kind of all left and you had this nerve wracking two weeks. It was probably the longest two weeks of my life. I'm just waiting for the call, you know, um, if you've got it or if you haven't. And I couldn't quite believe it for a little bit that, that I got chosen. Um, it's obviously a dream come true and, it, and it's the right step in the direction to make um, this my professional career. Uh, and being part of Sparta Racing, it's such a family-orientated team, which is how I've run my whole motorsport career. So I feel like it's a really good fit. And they're so nice and open and, and kind of welcoming, which makes it a lot easier to, you know, go over to the States by myself and, and immerse myself in that environment. Um, so I've got rounds from April to October. And yeah, I'll be I'll be going to most of them by myself, but my parents are going to come to maybe two or three, which will be nice as well. Great, yeah. And so you'll be there permanently, is that right? No, I don't have to move over there. Um, okay. They are, yeah, they are uh, paying for my flights in and out, which will be cool. It, it doesn't mean I have to start a whole new life somewhere by myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's a good adjustment. Yeah, yeah, and I think. You know, my first year racing overseas and having to having to move my whole life over would put a lot of extra pressure on sure. that I don't think needed. Yeah. Um, but within saying that, they have offered for me to be able to come to some of their IMSA program meets with them and follow around their pro drivers at those race meets. So I'll definitely be going to a couple of those and, and immersing myself in that environment creating more of a relationship with the team and, and seeing how IMSA works because that's that's kind of my goal. I want to I wanna be racing IMSA soon. So, yeah, that would be awesome. And are there any tracks over there that you're most looking forward to driving on? Yeah, the Circuit of Americas is kind of, I think it's our fourth round. So I'm good. so Yeah, I'm so excited. The track just looks awesome. I've watched been watching videos and just 
the undulation and everything. It just looks so cool. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And so I guess outside of racing and, you know, you want, you're wanting to make it your professional career now, so this is obviously full force. There's a lot of factors that also can affect that. So what do you do to keep yourself kind of race fit mentally and physically mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're not in the car? It's a big part of it. You kind of don't realise realize how much time is consumed for a race driver just, just doing prep. Um, for me, nothing really changes throughout the year. I am in the gym four times, three to four times a week doing weight sessions. Um, I am also on top of that doing three cardio sessions a week, so running or biking. Um, and I have recently started working with a sports psychologist at the middle of last year. Um, and about a week out from a test or from a race meet, I will have a call with him and we'll go through, you know, get some stuff off my chest if I'm worried about anything or, or have anything on my mind. And we kind of make a plan of attack. Uh, I will, as I said before, study video before I get there if I've never been to the track or and make some track map notes. So I've got books full of full of notes from tracks that I've been to, but also tracks that I haven't that I know I'm going to go to um, about lines or, or breaking markers, etc. Um, so it is it is pretty full on, and then you obviously have your your media commitments. So uh, doing some interviews or or doing some posts about about what you're doing. Um, but you know, and it doesn't really feel like hard work because you're enjoying everything that you're doing it's it's a it's a passion before it's a a job I guess absolutely yeah and then you get to make that your job and it's just like the best thing isn't it yeah definitely that's so cool so yeah you've got obviously some a really good group of people supporting you and I was doing some reading up and I saw that you've also had uh some mentoring from Greg Murphy yeah how how has that been having him helping you out because you know he's insanely successful yeah no it was it was really cool I've been mates with Ronan his sons from karting from a young age um so that relationship has kind of always been been open and and he's always kind of you know offered to help when I need uh through me getting the test I kind of contacted him and said look uh if there's anything that you think you can help me with, I was trying to get into a GT4 car before coming over to the test because obviously all I had driven was a Toyota 86. And I kind of wanted to get into a similar car before the test just so I kind of knew what was what was happening. And um, he was involved with a team called Race Lab in New Zealand and they had a Aston Martin GT4 Vantage. And we got in contact. Oh my god! <laughs> we got in contact with uh, Tim and I, and yeah, got a deal done uh, to do two test days before I left. And Greg driver trained me the the first day that I was there, so he was in the car beside me the whole time, kind of, you know, making me a little bit more relaxed because it's it's a big step up, um, but also pushing further on track and making me accelerate my. Uh, pace faster than I would have by myself just because you know you you have someone in the car that you trust and you can put your trust in them because they know what you're capable of uh so no it was it was really cool working so closely with him and he and he still does a lot for me to this date and always a good contact to have 
you know, as a race car driver, you've got your brand as well. You know, your identity is a big thing and having a nice looking social media and, and website and how you portray yourself is very important and you do it very well. I, I loved your website. It was so, so insightful. It was really cool. And um, you've got Greg Rust helping you out there. So what's it like having guidance from him? He's a real kind of veteran in that area. Yeah, I am quite a reserved kind of shy person, uh, first meeting people. He um, interviews and and things on cameras always kind of made me a little bit nervous uh, before having my day with him. He was really kind in spending the day with me and teaching me some techniques and skills um, he has advised other people on about how to best handle uh, motorsport media and and getting interviewed after you first have an incident um, on track and, you know, the camera's in your face and they're trying to pr- pressure you to say something that you don't want to say. Um, so doing those, like, role play things was just uh, so helpful. It it gave me some key pointers to have in my head every time that I'm getting interviewed. He really made me realise how important it was to know, as you said, your image and what you portray and always falling back to that on an interview. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't be as confident as I am now um, doing these types of interviews or, or on-camera things without the help of him. So it was really, really cool. And he's done a great job because I actually saw on the weekend you're at Taupo and they did an interview with you during the race. You did very well. Very good job. Oh, thank you. And so at the moment, you're actually, you're not in New Zealand. You're in Queensland. I am in Queensland. Uh, This will be coming out next week. But can you tell our viewers what you're up to there? Yeah. So, yeah, I am in Queensland. I um, have... At the end of last year, I contacted Paul Morris and asked if there would be any potential work for me at Norwell Motorplex. Um, So I'm over here at the moment working here for two days before I fly home to fly to America. So this is kind of my first proper gig with them. Um, I did a couple at the end of last year, but yeah, this is kind of uh, me finding my feet with that and and getting in cars as much as possible. And I'm so grateful that he's given me the opportunity to work there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great opportunity. So have you ever raced at any other Australian tracks in any race cars, other than karting, obviously? No, I have never raced over here in cars. I would really love to. Uh, it would be it would be so cool. I see some of the tracks, you know. Bathurst is a dream. Um, oh, I amazing yeah I just I even just going there to an event I would love to go and do um but no it's definitely on my on my bucket list is to come to come race in Aussie as well in cars I love I love Australia yeah oh good good I'm (laughs) glad (laughs) we did touch on it briefly before but what are your long-term goals with your motor racing career where where do you want to take it yeah so my goal is to be a professional uh endurance driver so uh racing in IMSA in America is is a big dream of mine in GT3 or LMP or or something along those lines um which I'm lucky enough that my team at the moment does uh so for me it's really about building this relationship and and growing within the team and with the team 
and this is obviously the ideal and obviously if things don't work out then then that's okay but my goal would still be to get into a team for IMSA racing being paid pro driver um I feel like there's so much opportunity in endurance racing at the moment and especially in America so that's kind of where my sights are for the foreseeable future is there anyone out there male or female any drivers or just anyone in your life who has had an influence on you that you look up to yeah I think you can obviously say like I look up a lot to my parents they've sacrificed a lot for me to be able to do this journey and they're still sacrificing a lot for me to to continue doing what I'm doing and they want me to you know chase my dream and they've really allowed me to do that um you have the likes of uh you know the f1 drivers you know they all they all are very inspirational and and getting to that level of motorsport is is um takes so much doesn't it so much sacrifice yeah yeah and you've obviously it's you got to be there the right time and and seeing all my mates that I race go-karts with um, succeed at the moment. Like we're all, we're all in our own little ventures around the world racing and trying to make this a career. And so many of my mates and people that I've raced with, Liam Lawson, Matt Payne, um, Caleb Natoa, like all of those guys, they're all um, excelling in what they're doing at the moment. And, and it's cool to see that we're all kind of taking the same path, which is, which is cool. It's so cool seeing how it works out differently for some people though. Like I think um, like back in the day, my, my brother used to race carts against Oscar Piastri and now like he's got a seat in F1. Yeah. So it's crazy, but it's a good community, isn't it? And everyone's so supportive of one another. I think, yeah, I don't really look up to anyone uh, specifically. Um, I think different races ways of getting to where they have gone to uh is is inspirational in itself and I kind of just take from what I want from different people's uh pathways you know and so our final question is what would your advice be for someone wanting to race I think my advice would be you got to work hard for what you want um came to realize quite quickly in my karting journey um my parents made it a a big thing that if I didn't achieve in school you know you're not racing so working hard on everything around racing as well is really important I think having a a backup (laughs) in case is important um and even to do it you know you can and it's not just a male sport uh it's it's for everybody and the team and the the motorsport industry at the moment is making such a big push for for women in all industries and in media and in pit lane mechanics engineers drivers of a of a familiar thing now and it's and it's really cool to see and be a part of that that journey but just to not to not give up on on your passion and your dream even if it kind of feels a little bit out of reach it, it's never out of reach if you work hard enough yeah absolutely Well, Rihanna, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, Yeah, super excited for you with what's coming up. So all the best. And yeah, thank you for coming on. Big thank you to Rihanna for joining me this week on the podcast. It was great to chat. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what you do over in America. So earlier last week, Courtney Prince 
announced some very exciting news uh, that she will be stepping up to the Porsche Carrera Cup grid. So for those who don't know, Courtney raced in Sprint Challenge last year and she did a fantastic job. Uh, but she also has a very big sponsor backing her as well uh, coming into this series. So, of course, I had to grab Courtney for a quick chat about this amazing opportunity. Courtney, congratulations on the news. We're so excited to see you joining the Porsche Carrera Cup grid this year. How are you feeling about this amazing opportunity? Yeah, I'm very, very excited for this opportunity with Porsche Cinema and BWT. Obviously, such a great brand that has a very heavy pre presence in Europe and an amazing factory team. So I'm very excited to be stepping up. I know it will be a very big year um, going to the top tier of Porsche here in Australia, but I'm super excited to tackle it, learn all the new tracks. I've only been to three out of the eight. Um, so learning the new car and the new tracks will be really fun this year. And you've shown your skills through some great results in Michelin Sprint Challenge last year, but how does it feel stepping up onto a bigger grid that's also very competitive? Yeah, so getting fourth in uh, Michelin Sprint Challenge last year was awesome and has landed me a very cool opportunity. Um, with Career Cup, obviously there's a lot more fast guys and guys in there that have been doing it for a really long time. Um, for example, my teammate, will be an awesome mentor, Nick McBride. He's been doing it for quite a few years now. Um, it will be a big step, but I'm ready and I'm excited for the challenge. I always like to chuck myself in the deep end sometimes. So it'll be really good. Awesome. And you've also got BWT Global on the car, which is a brand that we also see on Formula One cars. So how important is it for you to be representing such a prestigious brand? Yeah, I'm very excited to represent BWT. Obviously, their presence in Porsche Super Cup, F1, even GT racing is very heavy and it's such an iconic brand in the motorsport world. And I'm excited to be the first car here in Australia and representing their brands and what they stand for in their wastage of the planet with plastic bottles, as I know. With racing, especially the amount of plastic water bottles we go through is insane. So I think it'll be an awesome step and make it more aware here in Australia. So I think what they're doing and what they represent with their brand is awesome. And I'm so happy to be flying their colours and being the driver for them in Australia. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to see you racing and we're so proud of you. So good luck this year. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of Girls on the Grid. Uh, it should be back to our normal groove next week. Tanea is coming back from America, but I understand she may also need a week just to kind of get back into uh, this time zone and just sort out uh, what she has coming up. But it'll be good to hear from her again soon. And hopefully we can sit down for a podcast together at some point um, and I'm sure we will because we have some pretty cool guests coming up but I hope you all have a fantastic week and we'll be back in your ears next week you've just listened to another Network R production 